they are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Um, we are we have a great show lined up tonight. This is Zoe Allen. Um so tonight we're um we'll be hearing from our relative Rachel Thunder. Um and we have a great show lined up. Wendy will also be um sharing some of her animal advocacy work at the end of the show. Um but for right now, um I'm gonna welcome uh Rachel to the stream. Rachel, hey, Buju, how are you? Um Dante, uh, Rachel Thunder. I'm good. I'm doing good. It's good to see everybody. Hi, Robert. Uh, hey, Wendy. And hi, Zoe. I don't think we've met uh, in person. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't, yeah, you haven't been on the show, or I, at least I haven't seen you since you last updated us on happening at Roof Depot Station. Um, and so we're really excited to to get any of those updates from you tonight. Um, yeah, I guess we could just get right into it. I know there's been some recent um, things that have been happening, and I feel like you'd probably be a lot better about explaining them than I am as this kind of a complicated issue now. Um, so yeah, maybe if you want to just give our listeners um, a little bit of updates um, about what's been happening at the Roof Depot station. And maybe just for our listeners too, just let them know what the situation is um, overall since it's yeah. been a while since we've talked about it. So I'll just, I'll give a little bit of background history first. So when you hear about the Roof Depot, which it's been kind of in the news and, and local media here in Minneapolis and in the Twin Cities, um, and there's been a lot of social media activity kind of across the nation about it. But a lot of people don't know, like, the full story because it is. It's a long story. And so I just got involved over the past six months of this work. But really, this is a fight or a resistance that's been going on for nearly a decade. And so I'm I'm relatively new to it. Um, but over this this period of time, the community here in South Minneapolis, specifically in the East Phillips neighborhood, um, led by indigenous people because the Little Earth United Tribes housing is only two blocks away from the Roof Depot site here in South Minneapolis. So this site is called the Roof Depot, but it has like a long toxic um, relationship with the with the community here. So way back in the day, it used to be a pesticide plant. And this pesticide plant dumped arsenic and contaminated the soil and the water table. So I mean, like even uh, back in the 90s, the city came in and removed 50,000 tons of topsoil from yards just in the East Phillips neighborhood just from arsenic that had been um, had been dumped from the site and so 
it's actually the site is part of something called the arsenic triangle and was designated a super fun site here in south minneapolis and um then uh sears came and built this giant warehouse on top of this site and all the pipings above ground they put like this giant slab of concrete to kind of like encapsulate the arsenic underneath the warehouse um and for the past decade, community has been approaching the city of Minneapolis with a plan for an initiative that is community-driven and community-dreamed. Um, for that warehouse to be purchased and owned by community, um, for there to be a large indoor urban garden to help ease some of the uh, discrepancies you know, this is a food desert here. It's really, really hard to get affordable, fresh produce and healthy food um, to have a, um, I think it would be the largest uh, solar array in the city of Minneapolis, maybe outside of the airport on top of the entire uh, warehouse roof. And the entire site is about a seven and a half acres. There would be uh, affordable housing, AMI housing in this community-driven plan, small businesses, farmers markets, um, training centers, wow. um, you know, office spaces for orgs, you know, all of these things. And so mm -hmm. there's been this long battle with the city over the past decade because the city wants to expand their public works water yard um, and they want to demolish the warehouse which is encapsulating the arsenic so then all the arsenic would be released right. in this arsenic plume into south minneapolis um, and then they want to turn the whole thing into like a, a giant parking lot for 888 diesel vehicles when East Phillips already has the second highest rates of asthma in the entire state of Minnesota. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah. So over, over the years, the city has gone back and forth on willingness to sell the site to community. And a year ago, um, the city of Minneapolis city council voted to actually give community the site and the mayor, Mayor Frey, vetoed it and and stopped that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been, and so they'll say they're willing to sell, and then they like raise the price and make it unobtainable um, to community. And then it's we're not willing to sell, and then we're willing to sell, but the price is raised again. Or city council says you can have it, but the mayor stops it. So it's just like this really intricate, fluid relationship and fight that has been going on for nearly a decade and so several months ago um actually on february the 27th the city of minneapolis was um set and poised to begin demolition of the warehouse and um you know as community we knew that and as an indigenous people that we could not allow this pollution to happen not only to our people but to the earth um you know these these environmental justice uh issues are not just in rural areas these things happen in in urban areas too um so we as community decided to um do what we needed to do and we held uh we occupied the site um 
to bring awareness, to bring attention. You know, we did all of this through prayer, through ceremony. Uh, we put up a teepee, had our spirit fire, had a sunrise ceremony to begin the occupation. Um, our, you know, filled, filled pipes and, you know, did it in a good way. There were no drugs, no alcohol, no fighting, you know, nothing, nothing ugly or negative. It was really beautiful actually to see how community came together. Um, and the mayor of Minneapolis ended up uh, ordering MPD, the Minneapolis Police Department, to raid uh, the camp that we had there. There were over 99 police officers deployed uh, to arrest eight of us that were there when it happened uh, late at night. Most of the MPD now, right? Like they don't have right. that many officers anymore. So that's pretty right. much the thing. Oh, we have about a minute left. Okay, so so that pretty much brings us up to date. So there's been, you know, with the occupation, there's been a lot of rallies and protests and caravans to city council, and it's brought a lot of momentum to this cause. So after the break, I can kind of bring you more to what's going on currently. Wonderful. Chimi Glitch for all the work you do. And yes, let's definitely get into more of those updates at the break. Um, and just for our listeners that are tuning in, um, this is Native Roots Radio. I'm Zoe Allen. Um, Robert should be joining us soon. And we're just here with our relative, Rachel Thunder, who's doing really incredible work um, trying to get the Roof Depot station to not be demolished and to instead be turned into a community, um, community farm. So uh, more after the break. Stay with us. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. They'll challenge your authority, because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, and in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch. Until you hear that click. Never give up. Until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. Consumer Reports published their 2023 Best Vehicles Report, and Toyotas from Rudy Luther Toyota dominate the list again. The Corolla, the Corolla Hybrid, the Corolla Cross, and the Camry all top their Best Value New Cars categories. The Camry Hybrid, the Highlander Hybrid, the Corolla Hybrid, and RAV4 Prime all ranked as Best Green Choices. And my personal favorite, the Toyota Sienna, also ranked in the top of its class. Toyotas are not only gorgeous, they're best buys. Test drive one today by going to Rudy Luther Toyota, 5 miles west of Minneapolis on 394. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. 
And we're back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. All right. We got the, the problem fixed, Ooh. I hope. Uh, <laughs> Rachel and Zoe, uh, I think I feel like you guys should just keep on going here. It was, it's been beautiful, and I've been just pulling out, out uh, my hair trying to get on. And, and But I, Zoe, great job. And uh, go ahead, uh, Rachel. Uh, Totally cool. Uh, appreciate everything you were saying. I, you know, East Phillips and the background of this, and uh, you know, I, there's something called uh, structural racism that you've been dealing with uh, that I've never heard that term before, and uh, that's uh, amazing and amazing what you uh, you guys have been doing over there in East Phillips. And I, I just want to commend you and uh, say peeny gigi for all you're doing and. Uh, Rachel uh, or Zoe, why don't you uh, jump in and I can jump in once I get in the flow here. Ho! <laughs> yes, give you a minute, catch your bearings. Um, yes, yeah, so before the break, uh, we were talking, Rachel, Rachel Thunder and I were talking, well, she was getting us up all to speed on um, exactly what's been going on over the at the Roof Depot um, station, uh, which has been a lot. Um, one of the things she was talking about was the MPD being deployed um, at a peaceful um, occupation. Um, and, you know, uh, Rachel, you talked about it before on the show, um, but you were also one of the people that was um, arrested or at least, um, uh, or were you fully arrested? Um, and I know this is getting into the, the thick of things, but we are also going to talk about um, some exciting updates you had to share too. Well, that's a really good point yeah. before you jump on, Rachel. Uh we went live when you were getting arrested, and you weren't arrested, but you were taking on a a trip all across the city, and that's the ploy of police departments now. I don't know if you can tell our audience a little bit about that, but they didn't arrest you, but they took you on a, a long, long trip all night. Yeah, so I can I want to I'll talk a little bit about that, but I want to kind of stay on topic with the the with the main issue. So. Um, there were eight of us that were arrested that night. I was one of them. Um, some individuals they took downtown to the station. Um, and some of us, they kind of just shuffled us around different um, police cruisers and booked us in a booking van. And then we were, they said that they weren't going to take us downtown because it was going to be bad for optics. Um, and so we were trying to get them to drop us off in different places in uh, community here in South Minneapolis, but they didn't want to do that because they knew we were going to go right back. Um, so they ended up taking us to the Homeward Bound shelter that's owned by AICDC, and that's where they ended up dropping us off at. But um, I did want to say that, um, like I said earlier, that I've only been involved with the Roof Depot resistance for the past six months, but there's been a lot of people that have put a lot, a lot of work into this over the years. You know, um, Cassie Holmes comes to mind and, you know, the East Phillips Neighborhood Institute, Joe Vital, um, you know, and this this resistance for the depot has been um, native led, indigenous led. And, you know, especially here over the past several months, you know, running on that that land back 
campaign, you know, the, 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 the thought and the theory and the process of taking um, ancestral indigenous stolen land and putting it back into the hands of indigenous people. And that's really what our goal is with this seven and a half acre site. Um, the initiative, um, the indoor urban farm initiative and all of those positive things in community center that I was talking about earlier um, would be indigenous led, native led, but for everybody. There's there's space there and intent from all of the communities of East Phillips and South Minneapolis to be involved in this site and for to have input from all of these communities. You know, um, East Phillips is uh, one of the most diverse neighborhoods in Minneapolis. You know, you have the, the natives, the indigenous population, um, Hispanic population, East African, um, black, you know, white, all of these races here, all these cultures here in East Phillips. And this place is really going to be a place where all of these communities can come and work together for the betterment of the entire community here. That's the goal. Um, but I did want to talk about like, you know, what's been going on more recently. So after the occupation, after the caravan, after city council, after people are arrested, um, you know, charges, court hearings, all of these things, um, we did win a court injunction to temporarily halt demolition. Um, that injunction was extended to mid-May, um, which was our goal because it bought us time to take this to the state level. And that's really where um, this fight has been now. Um, so we have two bills and I have them written down. Um, we have our bill in the House of Representatives and that's bill uh, 2093. And then the bill in the Minnesota state sentence, which is bill um, SF 1853. So both of those bills um, we're pushing through, you know, we had our first House committee hearing where the vote passed for our bill to move on. We had a, our Senate committee hearing. Um, and this bill, what it is, is it's $20 million to fund the purchase of the roof depot site in its entirety. So the entire seven and a half acres and funding for the implementation of the indoor urban farm initiative. And um, there we had a we had a moment where we were like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Because we were kind of at this like moment of what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because the city was saying to legislation, we're not selling the site. And so then we're saying, give us the money to pressure the city to sell the site. And then legislation saying, why would we give the 20 million if the city's not even willing to sell the site? So we had this pivotal moment last week where um, members of community, members of the East Phillips Neighborhood Institute, um, uh, city council member Jason Chavez, other people from the city, and our Minneapolis delegates from the legislation all sat down in a meeting with the intention of, you know, coming to some sort of understanding, which our goal was getting the city to say they are willing to sell the full seven and a half acre site, which 
ultimately at the end of that meeting that's exactly what happened which is what legislation needed to hear to be able to move forward with our bill and so you know i know robert you were writing me earlier about what kind of action steps people could do so right now we're in this crunch time right at the legislation where um this session is getting ready to come to an end here in the next two weeks and um, this is really like a make or break moment for our bill. Um, the Minneapolis delegation is very supportive, um, but we do need a little bit of help pressuring um, some of the reps. And I can give you their names so that you have them. So that would be Majority Majority Leader Jamie Long. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Representative Emma Greenman. And Representative Sydney Jordan and Representative Fu Lee. So um, they, it's not that they're not supportive, right? But they're the way that they're positioned right now in negotiations. We just really want their constituents to make it very clear to them that they're in support of this is, and this is what they want their representative to support and move forward with. You know, this year um, at the state level, and you know this, Robert, there's a there's a surplus of funding. You mm -hmm. know, the money is there and these legislators can find money and allocate money how they see best fit. Like the city is asking for two hundred million dollars for the stadium. We're asking for 20 million for a project that would exponentially benefit this community directly led by community in perpetuity. Wow. I I feel like uh, Rachel and Wendy and Zoe, I feel like they should give you that land. I don't know why, why we're selling it back to ourselves. That's just idiotic to me. And we can, and we can, I can cover that a little bit after the break. I can oh, share wow. a little bit more about that. Well, Rachel just said that's we're great. Also, Rachel, I'd like you to repeat those the House file and the Senate file numbers. Um, I didn't get to write those down. Um, yeah, that's great. So, whoever's listening out there, if any of those people that Rachel mentioned is your representative or senator, please get in touch with them and tell them that this Phillips. Uh, neighborhood project is important to you. Well, we need even, to get this through. Even if they're not, blow up their phones. Yeah. Oh, wow. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. 
As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Hi, this is Desi Doyen of the Green News Report and the Bradcast. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Patrick. If you love your home, then you know it's a place that's so much more than just a place to keep your stuff. It's a place where some of the most treasured memories of your life have been made and will continue to be made. If you love your home, then you know there is only one carpet cleaning company to trust with your carpet, tile, and upholstery and your air duct cleaning, and that's My Cleaning Heroes at Zero Res. If you haven't tried out Zero Res or it's been months since your last deep clean, then now is the time to call and take advantage of the Spring Flash Sale and get a free hallway with any of our carpet cleaning packages with three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $129. Don't wait for the weather. Book now to beat the rush. Call Zero Res right now, 9520Res, or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res, backward or forward, spells the same. This is Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style and owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design. People often ask me, why habitation for my home? Well, I could give you hundreds of reasons. I could talk about the extensive collection of furnishing suppliers or our exceptionally talented design team. I could talk about service. But the truth is, habitation clients come back room after room and home after home, and that speaks volumes. Habitation, put some drama into your interiors. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526 or autotech.org. Hello, AM950 listener. I know you. You take the news seriously. When you read the headlines these days, it makes you want to hang your head down and cry. Well, to hell with that. What you need is a laugh from the left. So, do yourself a favor. Listen to Facepalm America with host Beowulf Rockland every Sunday night at 9. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Clear tonight with a low of 33, then sunshine Wednesday with a high of 58. Hazel's Northeast offers the most creative comfort food you'll find for any meal of the day. Hazel's is located at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis, minutes from 35W. More at hazelsne2go.com. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. 
This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Hey, we're here with Rachel Thunder, and uh, I like to uh, call her activist, but also you're much more than that. And uh, we just had Uncle uh, Leonard Peltier introduce this segment, and I know he is someone that's on your mind constant, constantly, and especially after after the the walk across half the country for him and his release. Uh, welcome back, Rachel. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, I was I was actually sitting here thinking about him, and then you played that clip, and I um, I've been wearing my my Paltier, my free Paltier earrings a lot, but you know. Leonard, Leonard sits heavy with me, you know, all the time. And, um, there, there are a couple of new developments, you know, there, everybody that has been doing this work for Leonard is continuing on, you know, Kevin Sharp is still his, his lawyer, um, Mm -hmm. for the clemency petition. Um, but there's also, a, a a new lawyer that has been added to his legal team, uh, her name is uh, Jennifer. I have not had the chance to speak with her yet. Um, I do have a call coming up with her soon, though. And she is a civil rights attorney, and she's specifically working to um, get him transferred to a, a medium instead of where he is currently at USP1 Coleman in Florida. So, yeah, Leonard is is always on my mind. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So uh, thank you. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, the station played that bumper. So we play it once every couple of days. Uh, and uh, we had the opportunity to, to talk to Leonard and interview him a few, quite a few months ago now. And he was nice enough to put that little bug in there so we can keep him in the forefront. And at the end of the show, Wendy always says free Leonard Peltier. And I've been throwing in at the end uh, now. So uh, we appreciate your work and keeping keeping his his name alive. I guess is the way I, way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about this roof depot and and a little. Again, we were ending the segment, and I'm just curious. It's always uh, government is always bizarre to me when you know they're charging themselves money and. And we're in a land back situation here, and they and the state's worried about what the city wants to pay, and all these gray gray lines that uh, don't need to be there. I don't know, Rachel. Yeah. So um, in that in the last segment, I mentioned that we had a meeting last week with the Minneapolis delegation in the city um, to come to some kind of understanding, um, and they, the city came into that meeting with um, what they called a compromise for them to give us three acres of the seven and a half, but for Hmm. them to still do the demolition, which would release the arsenic, and for them to still do their Hiawatha expansion project, which would still bring in all of the diesel trucks. And you know, our, our legislators, our delegates, um, you know, kudos to them. They turned to us and they said, what, what do you all want? 
and we're, we don't want the three acres. We want it all. We want the full seven and a half. And that was what really pushed the city to say, okay, yeah, we're, we're willing to sell the full seven and a half acres. And, um, I'm sure, you know, there's the star, the star tribune article that came out over the weekend where, um, the city's quoted saying that their their asking price for the site is sixteen point seven million. Yeah. Um, and you know that number is high. Number one, um, <laughs> there is our our legislators are having an independent audit done on that number um, to really take out things that shouldn't be included in that. So a couple of things that are included in that that. Um, we feel are not going to be factored into the final price. Um, so inflation being mm -hmm. one. Um, the other is they're, you know, putting in the cost of their architectural plans for their Hiawatha expansion project. Uh -huh. They're putting in, oh. <laughs> they're putting in um, the price of the contract that they signed with uh, Rachel Contracting and Rachel Demolition to demolish and build the Hiawatha expansion project. Um, they're putting in, you know, the cost of like maintaining the facility and all of these things over the years when they had the chance to sell it to community years ago. And, you know, so it's not our fault that they decided to hang on to it. It's, you know, that's them. They, they took that risk in deciding to not sell it. So we're confident that that number is going to be marked down. And the way that I look at it, Robert, because at first I was like, you know, we need it. They just should give it to us. Right. Because that's that's the gut. That's the gut reaction. But, you know, this unfortunately in in this society that we're existing in, when it comes to truly getting land back, sometimes we have to work in the system the way that it's set up right mm -hmm. and if so if we're to say okay we're not taking it unless you give it to us and then the city says well we're not going to do that right we lose mm -hmm. the court hearing we lose the injunction and they demolish the warehouse and community has nothing besides right. pollution and arsenic poisoning so to me paying the money if that's what it takes to secure this site, to secure the health of community and future generations in this neighborhood, to ensure that future toxic harm doesn't happen to the earth here, mm -hmm. that this environmental racism and injustice doesn't continue, and that if we put this money down and it stops it, and it brings economic growth and affordable housing and healthy, affordable food to community, you can't, that's priceless. You can't put a price on that. And we're, we're in a situation where our legislation, our Minneapolis delegates are willing to help us get that money to ensure that future for our community mm -hmm. and the earth. And so land back can happen in different ways. It doesn't have to be land given back for free. Right. You know, there's, there's, there's avenues to it. And to me, I would much rather pay the money then stand here with my fist in the air and say, you know, it's all or nothing. And then we get nothing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would rather pay the bill. So reasonable. Yeah, definitely. And is there a deadline to this? Uh, 
you know, not so much the Senate. I know they're ending uh, session in what beginning of June or end of May. And but is the city giving you any kind of deadline? Um, no, the city hasn't given us a deadline. But like I said earlier, this is the crunch time for our bill um, mm-hmm. in the House um, with the reps. So here in the next two to three weeks, you know that that'll be a done deal. And once we have money in hand, you know, we're going to move forward with acquisition of the site. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was reading in that Star Tribune article, too, that there would be indoor uh, gardening, and that sounds really exciting. You know, the what is mm-hmm. that called with the water running constantly? Mm-hmm. The the aquaculture. Yes, um, yes. So it, we, they would be, it would be in an in-case indoor system where um, the plants are fertilized from fish in large tanks so um, i think the plan is for it to be walleye and then so the fish fertilize the plants and it's this encased enclosed all year round fresh Mm -hmm. produce two blocks away from little earth Um, and you know not only are we talking about food here we're talking about jobs you know Mm -hmm. job security green jobs you know um, a mass solar array that's going to need to be maintained we're talking about housing, jobs, taking care of the housing, you know, small businesses, farmers markets, all of all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it 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 really helps to bridge that income gap that's so prevalent in our communities right now. Right. Wow. Uh this is coming together very nicely and uh we just have to put some tobacco out so it comes out in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering, Rachel, what you said before that they only wanted to give you three acres <laughs> of the whole for free seven and a half, and I'm wondering what they thought you were going to do with that three acres. I mean, you know, yeah, I I don't. That was their compromise. That was, and they were like, "You can have the three acres that you occupied." I'm like, no, (laughs) no, but no, Robert, you're absolutely right. Like this is the time for prayers for tobacco down for pressure on our legislation um, and some really strong testimonies. Like the testimony I saw that you gave about the wolves. I like that. You handled that well. Behind every uh, awesome dude is an astonished woman. So uh, Wendy helps me with that speech. (laughs) I didn't help you with your uh, your comebacks, though. I didn't. So just remind everybody if any anybody out there has these people as your House representative: Mm -hmm. Jamie Long, Emma Greenman, uh, Sydney Jordan, and Sue Lee. Is that correct? Fooley. I'm so, sorry. Fu- yeah, Fooley, he's the chair of the Capital Investment Committee. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. get in touch with those people, those folks. and Yep, yeah. yeah, and then those those bill numbers, um, the one in the mm-hmm. house, that's HF2093, HF2093, and in the Minnesota State Senate, that's SF1853. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, it's important stuff, really. Wow, yeah. Rachel. And, and even and even if those representatives aren't your reps, mm-hmm. you can still call. You can still yeah. call. You can still email. You know, if you type their name into Google, the first thing that's going to pop up is their office number. You know, that's and right. and their their staff listen to voicemails. You know, know. and they read they read emails. And you know, having 
even having like three or four people call in a day, that's big. They take that, mm-hmm. they take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, Rachel, because Wendy with her animal activism and uh, all the stuff that's going on at the Capitol and nationally too, mm-hmm. Free Leonard Peltier, uh, phone calls and letters really, really help. So, Rachel, I wanted to say, Peeny Geeky, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And really, yeah, and- we, we, go ahead. That's Bill. That's Bill HF HF twenty ninety three, not two ninety three. I just saw on the screen. Sorry. Okay. okay, no problem. We'll get that up and fixed. Uh, appreciate it, Rachel. Great show. Thank you so so much for giving us this great update. Really. Um, mm-hmm. Any last? Uh, you got thirty seconds. Wendy says to give a, a last shout out here. Um, I'll say thank you. Hi hi. Uh, free Leonard Paltier. Land back. And, uh, you know, many blessings to everybody. Right on, PDG. Hey, we'll be right back with our sacred uh, animal portion. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. No matter if you're eating out or cooking something at home, EatLocalMinnesota.com has you covered with a list of locally owned restaurants and food purveyors. Many restaurants offer carryout and delivery, while food purveyors can help you make your next meal delicious. Latunji's Palette is a social enterprise built with purpose and fortified with love. Indulge in the world's best peach cobbler, gourmet desserts, vegan and gluten-free options, sandwiches, and coffee drinks. Located at 1400 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. Plus, find Latunji's gourmet desserts at Lunds and Byerly's at the North Market, Minneapolis Farmer's Market Annex, and Bobby and Steve's. More at latungispalette.com. Explore the award-winning spirited Midwestern flavors at 30 Bales in Hopkins priding themselves as a scratch kitchen using the cleanest, most local ingredients they can source. Join 30 Bales for lunch, dinner, or their scrumptious weekend brunch. Conveniently located at 1106 Main Street in Hopkins with plenty of free parking. See their menu at 30bales.com. Hi, I'm Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joe Kirk. Tune in to AM 950's newest show, Searching for Service a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. We are dedicated to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for purpose, value, and meaning. But more importantly, connection through community. Tune in Sundays at 3 p.m. or anytime via podcasts. It's time to stop searching. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howling. 
That's a very low little howl there, Robert. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay, so, um, hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. Robert, we went uh, to the circus this weekend. Now, I have not been to the circus in many, many, many years. And the reason being is because I am totally against the animal acts uh, that most circuses have. And we went to the Royal Canadian International Circus. And that was at the Mall of America here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I was really, really happy to find out that this particular circus does not use any animals anymore. Now, you might think, hey, tigers, elephants, and bears, those are probably the three most popular uh, animals that the circus circuses use, but these animals are really treated horribly. But I wanted to read something from the Royal Canadian International Circus, No Animal Performance performances at the Royal Canadian International Circus. Fun summer family activities kept ethical. And this is their kind of statement here that they make. If you picture a traditional circus show, one of the first things that come to mind is animal performers. The traditional circus involves acts involving Exotic animals such as lions and elephants. These acts might seem like harmless, harmless, fun summer family activities on the surface, but things aren't quite that simple. At RCIC, which is the Royal Canadian International Circus, we are well aware that the public opinion on animal acts has shifted. Among other reasons, the RCIC has not used exotic animal performers, sorry about that, in our shows in the last three years. You may have some questions about how this has changed our show. Can a traditional family circus run without animal performers at all? We believe the answer is yes. Our recent successes and post-show surveys back this up. Our show has garnered so much support that we have been able to expand and even go international. Here Here are a few things we would like our audience to know about how our show has changed and what what fun summer family activities we still offer. Well, we could talk about that, Robert, because we were there. We took our two grandchildren there and... Godchildren. Godchildren. What did I say? Grandchildren. Oh, my God. I I'm said not grandchildren. that old. See, I see Zoe talking. So is she on the radio too? No, or no, am I on no. the radio? <laughs> so um, we took our godchildren there. Thank you for... Um, uh, correcting me there, Robert. I'm probably wanting to be a grandmother. That's why I said that. But we love our godchildren. One is eight uh, and one is four, and they just loved it. We did have a conversation with, with both of them, though, before we went in, and they understood that we were going to this particular 
circus uh, because they didn't have animals. And we kind of explained to them about, you know, the animals aren't treated very nicely and we don't want to watch shows or support that. So they were like really very intrigued by that. And they, and I said, you know what, they say that they don't have any animals, but even if they have dogs or other animals, um, maybe horses or something else. If the animals do come up, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave, and I want you to feel okay with that. And they said that they would feel okay with that. So um, I'm really glad that they kind of understood that. But the public opinion um, really had a um, big impact on this particular family circus, and that's why they decided to do this. Now, Robert, uh, we have gone year after year to protest um, circus. Yeah, Shrine uh, Circus. The Shrine Circus. Uh, one was in Minneapolis, I believe, many, many years ago. But what happened in Minneapolis was that um, the Humane Society of the United States and other animal activists got together and we were able to ban bull hooks in Minneapolis. So the bull hook is this big, long, thick stick with a hook on the end of it. And that's what the trainers use uh, to control the elephants. Yeah. Um, and it's a very intimidating looking uh, bullhook, it's called. So once we were able to ban that in Minneapolis, they weren't, they couldn't bring the elephants there because that's what they use to control the elephants. So I'm not really sure whether uh, that circus has been back there or not. I'll have to check that out. But in St. Paul here, uh, the Shriners uh, still bring the Shrine Circus here with animals. And mostly every year, if we're not there, there's other protesters there. We're trying to bring awareness about what happens to these animals. Yeah, You know, they're on the train. They get loaded up. They're in very small, confined places. In order to get these animals to perform and to do these specific tricks... I mean, a bear doesn't, you know, wasn't born and learns how to ride a bicycle. I mean, right. that's not just what happens. So the animal is learning how to do this, not through positive reinforcement. That is not how they treat these and teach these animals. These animals are whipped. Uh, they're beaten. Uh, they're, the food is taken away from them. And that's how they learn to do these tricks. They do it from fear. They know that if they don't perform this trick, they will get beaten. They will not have any food. Um, so everybody out there, if you want to take your kids to a circus, uh, check out the Royal Canadian International Circus. It's there at the Mall of America. We had a great time. They have great entertainers. It's just fantastic. Uh, the, our godchildren were sitting there with their mouth open yeah. most of the time, and it was just a lot of fun. A lot of fun entertainment without the cruelty to animals. So, Great point. Uh, excellent show. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Zoe. Yeah, Zoe, thank you. We had a little snafu here. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone's still alive. Yes. Hey, if you're, still, if you're listening to this uh, broadcast, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground in which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our 